I mean, we're trying it out. <laughs> I like it. I feel like we got like a little. We dance were for intro. sure dancing. Yeah, we were. Yeah, if it was wasn't a podcast. You would have a dance dance onto the stage moment here. But it wouldn't look pretty. It, no, definitely not. So you're you're glad it's a podcast. I'm glad because <laughs> not only can people not see me, they also can't witness the horror that is my dancing. All things true. <laughs> true. Doesn't stop us, but here we are. Well, we heard the millions of requests that that were flooding in from last week. All over the place. All Just over the world. The, the world exploded when we posted that first episode. It feels like it was years ago. So um, much has happened in the last week. I mean, we've become famous. I don't think it's actually been a week since we started recording this episode. Oh my gosh, you're right. But we're basically famous. Wow. I mean, Look my mom us. followed us, so... My mom wrote a review. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom did not do that. Um, well, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Um, it's, it's been a little bit of a wild ride. Um, as in the last... <laughs> less than a week. Five days. <laughs> um, but it's been awesome like actually feeling like we've started something and we're we're you know working towards a goal now instead of just talking about a goal right right we have something on paper to prove pe- prove to people that we have been working on this and it's Look, coming to we did a something. thing and we're here <laughs> yes and we couldn't be happier and we promise we actually have content like we're getting somewhere. Like there's there's <laughs> things that we actually want to talk about. And Last week was a little heavy on the fried chicken. <laughs> this week we're going to do better. Yes, that's our that's our goal anyway. We're gonna we're gonna work really hard on it. So I've got we, my wine and we're ready. Should we just jump in? Let's just jump in. Cool. Well, today we want to just talk about what it's like to be grad students. Like right now in this weird year, but then also just like what that journey's been like for us. Because I think, and I have like some weird experiences with grad school and we'll get into those, but like my sister went through the exact same graduate program that we are currently in. And so I I witnessed a little bit and when she went through it, the program looked differently, but I got like an idea of what grad school looks like for normal times, I guess. And I think that what it's been like for us has definitely been very unique. Oh, for sure. I mean, I have no Obviously. real, like, things to go off of. We have no frame of reference. Yeah, we have no frame of reference whatsoever. And I, I mean, I don't have a sibling or anything, so this is all, like, trial by fire, like we were saying last week. Right. Like, this is just, here we are, and take it or leave it, but... We have a goal, and it's to graduate. <laughs> That's how many days? Uh, oh, shoot. Let me look it up. Ryan has been keeping track of how many days we have until graduation. Meanwhile, I can't keep track of what day it is. <laughs> so it's, it's close. We're like It's like 31 weeks, but let me see how many days. 218 days until we walk across that stage. Well, we May hope 8th. we walk across the stage. Oh, we may true. be walking across a virtual stage. Or walking around the stage wearing a mask and there's nobody there to cheer us <laughs> we on. We can't shake hands. <laughs> we can do like a foot tap as we walk we'll across the stage. We'll be our own cheerleaders. So when, this is a total sidebar, but when I graduated high school, like many years ago, I remember, and granted, okay, so I went to a high school that was like over 2,000 kids. And I had in my graduating class, I think over 500 kids. And so we were in like this football stadium that was packed it was you know crazy and um i remember that when i got up to walk across the stage hearing this like mob cheering for me (laughs) and i i remember thinking at the time there's not that many people in my family here like that's not that doesn't make sense i thought there would have been some (laughs) kind of mistake something and i knew i had like an aunt in town and she is like, she's the lady at the basketball game who will start, like, following refs in the stands and screaming at them if she thinks they made it back. She's yes. amazing. <laughs> she's one of my favorite people. But 
I was like, I mean, I know she's loud, but that there's no way. And I looked back, and there was this, like, it must have been at least, like, ten Ethiopian people with, like, my family and then this family of Ethiopian people behind them. And I was like, I mean, thanks, but I don't know those people. <laughs> and so there were, like, 20 people cheering for me, and I didn't know half of them. And then I later found out that the person who had gone before me had, like, this giant crowd cheering for them, and my, like, cousin or something felt really bad. And so they turned to the people behind them, and they were like, hey, the next person is, it's our cousin, it's, you know, it's their kid. Oh Would you, gosh. like, cheer with us? Because, you know, we want him to know that, like, we care and love and support him and everything. Oh, and so that's, I, that's the story of how I ended up with this mob of Ethiopian people cheering oh, for me at my graduation that I didn't know. So we have, like, a lot to live up for in May. Yeah, with my the, the college graduation like was not nearly that much, so I think the most recent bar has been pretty low. Oh, okay, okay. So, Should be good. I don't know why we went to that story or why I thought that was relevant. Looking for, in, in the hopes of our graduation our, yes, being something that's exciting future. and people can be there to cheer <laughs> and sit in a sweaty gym or on a football field or whatever. Or, like, watch us on a computer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that would definitely be... Not the most exciting, but if I graduate, then it's okay. <laughs> Look, as long as I get that degree, I can all survive anything. Right. So, I mean, let's back it up here. Like, <clears throat> you're going to graduate in 218 days, but let's go back to the beginning. Like, we both have super interesting applications, yes. like, just Weird. our whole story of getting into grad school Strange. is very unconventional. And different than a lot of our peers, and just yes. I'm assuming a lot of the people in grad school or thinking about going to grad school. Is. So, right, because they're different, we'd like to share them because it might be where you're at. You just, you just <laughs> I think, like in the bigger realm of things, like you just never know, you just never know how something's gonna work out. True, it's it's always a journey, and you never know what that journey is gonna be like. You know, it just it, it sometimes it's got these like winding turns and I think both of our stories are very like wait what kind of experiences um and then there's people who are like you know we have classmates who it's it's very like stereotypical you know I applied in December and I interviewed in March and I got accepted in May and it's like oh that's cool um but that's very much not what our experience has been like yeah. and we just like in the saying that it's like it worked out for us right and so it like i think people have these scary thoughts about what grad school is like and grad school isn't for everybody like right there are, i know tons of people who are like infinitely smarter than i am who like didn't even go to college and i'm super jealous of that True. um because i've had to work hard and i still feel like i know nothing um but like if you are at all interested in pursuing graduate school of any kind, it doesn't have to be counseling of any kind. I think our stories are a little bit of a, like, I don't know, a testimony to the fact that like weird things can happen. And if you just kind of take a chance, maybe something like great could happen. Yeah. So Ryan, do you want to start with your story? Sure. Um, so I had kind of been in a weird place trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, that's just something that I've always struggled with is what's Ryan going to be like when she grows up? Who's she going to, what's she going to do? And you know, what career is she going to take on? And, um, I always like kind of put pressure on myself in some kind of way to figure that out. Um, but then like the pressure was, ended up just being like anxiety in the end and never actually came to anything. Like I would just think about it so much and then I was just like, Oh, but I don't really need to figure it out. So then I'm just not going to. So just sitting nervously in your room, like twiddling your thumbs. Yes, what do yes. I do? What do I do? Yeah. And then just like forget about it for like a year. And be like, I might, I might like still need to figure that out. So figuring out like in undergrad, like what I wanted to do, like in loving psychology and knowing that's like the path that I wanted to go down, but not really sure what that looked like, like moving forward, like after I graduated. And so I went into the family business and that just wasn't for me. And I decided I was going to travel and I started traveling, which was awesome, but it just wasn't realistic for the long run. And I knew that I wanted to do something that I could see myself doing for a long time um, and see myself like loving and really just enjoying getting up in the morning. Mm -hmm. 
And I just kept coming back to school counseling. I was just, I think I want to be a school counselor. I think I want to be a school counselor. And then I, I did not like the idea of going to grad school. I did not want to take a test. I did not want to be in a building and be a student again. Like that Because just, who does? Right. <laughs> right. And so I just was contemplating that and talking to my parents about like affording, what would it look like to afford grad school and um, like living with them longer than I had initially planned after graduating and, and just what would that look like? And with their loving support, they were like, you know, like I think we want to support whatever you want to do, which is I have awesome parents that, that were able to do that. And so when I applied, I didn't actually even submit an application. I had looked at MNU. It was right down the street from my house. And I was like, you know, this is close by. It's got the program that I want. I'm just going to like start my application. and like, while I think about it for a while. Mm -hmm. So I started my application and never submitted it, never anything. And I was like shopping at the mall and I got this call from one of the ladies at... Was it Rosalie? Yep. <laughs> so, hit pause. Rosalie is like... I don't even know how to explain how amazing of a human being this woman is. Like, every person who has ever gone through this program knows who she is. You just can't get through the program without her. She, and for me, I couldn't start the program without her. <laughs> I, like... I'm exactly the, and we'll get to me, but like Rosalie, Shout I know out. you don't listen. <laughs> I wish you would, but you're the best and everybody needs to know that. Okay. 100%. Back to your story. So I, I'm in the mall. I'm shopping. I don't know. I don't know. I think I was in like some weird anime store or something. And, um, I get a call and I answer and, and she's like all too sweet as can be. She's like, I, you know, like I saw that you've started your application for our program. Like, just so you know, we've had a few students, um, like drop out or like move away or like think about like changing what they wanted to do. And so we have some opening starting for this August and mind you, this is September. I mean, this is July. So this is so like, grad school starts in a month. In a month, yeah, and I'm like, uh, uh, like <clears throat> I'm still working this traveling job, like I still have like these other things, and I'm like, um, I'm gonna have to think about it, but thanks for letting me know. And literally, when I hang up, hung up with her, it was like in that moment exactly. I was like, no, I have to do this. Like this is like, <laughs> like Ryan, like this is like you've been trying to wait and you're trying to figure out your sign. I'm like, this was your freaking sign. Like. Here's the thing. Graduate <laughs> schools, unless you're like, I don't know, Bill Gates, they don't call you asking to come. <laughs> like, that's not a thing. And if they do, you say yes because that doesn't happen. And so, like, the fact that Rosalie, again, like, God's gift to the world, <laughs> yeah. reached out and was like, hey, you have this unfinished application do you want to come here even though you haven't actually applied? That's insane. Yeah, it was it was a crazy day. And then I walk into <clears throat> another store and they were like, oh, I really like your outfit. You should work here. So then I, I had a job and I had a job here. And then like I had a school to go to. Like It was just like the most like God thing like that has ever happened in my life. Like in like a moment, like literally like, an hour of time. It was like, boom, boom, there it is. It was just, it was insane. And so I called her like the next day and I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Like, what do I need to do? And so I finished my application, got my um, professors from undergrad to write me recommendations and sent it all in and got officially approved um, once I did um, the interview process and everything online. Mind you, I did my whole interview process over FaceTime. And that's a really funny story too, is I was in a another state working for my other job and I had just worked a 12 hour shift and my time zones were wrong. And so I thought I had another hour before my interview, but like I had it all set up on my computer, but I was going to like change my clothes and stuff. to like get something more like comfortable so I could like sit and like mm -hmm. not be in like the clothes that I've worn in the last 12 hours. And she calls me early because I got the time zone wrong and I didn't have pants on. <laughs> And so I just like jumped on the bed and like put the computer on my lap and just like went along with like the 
hour and a half, two hour interview Holy cow. without pants on. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna interview, why not do it that way? Right, exactly. So You're just living your best life. The next day I get my email, like I got accepted and it was amazing and I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. So that's how I got here and never had even stepped on campus until orientation night. Just... Just, it was just a complete, like, boom, boom, boom. Here you are. You're sitting in this chair now. You're now a grad student, and you have a test next week. Yep. Like, that was Welcome. my story. So That's it's very unconventional, but I'm so nice. glad that it happened. But you, mister, I know you have some travel and some FaceTimes and lots of... Look. You have a lot of, like, longer backstory, I feel like, because you actually so, like, thought about other schools than just My <laughs> journey into graduate school started my sophomore year of college. Um, and here's the thing. So I got really into researching graduate programs, looking at graduate programs, trying to figure stuff out. And all my friends thought, oh my gosh, Kendall, you are such a high achiever. You have your life mapped out. You're like, whatever. At least that's what I'm going to pretend they thought. Um, that feels good. <laughs> yeah, it makes me feel better. <laughs> right. So, I, I started my sophomore year. But really all I did was have this book and I would flip through it and be like, here's a program that's cool. And then like a few weeks later, I, I had compiled this list. But I never did anything with it. And so junior year of college, I basically did the entire thing over again. Where I went through that book again and I had this whole list. And... Um, didn't do anything with it. Um, and so my senior year of college, I was like, all right, here's the thing. I have to do something because I'm just sitting here with zero plans for after graduation. I knew I didn't want to move home. And that's um, a scary place to be when you're like months away from graduating and you're like, I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do after well, I go walk across that stage. And the worst part or the most frustrating part for me was that... I, so we both majored in psychology, mm -hmm. right? And I loved it when I was in grad school um, or in undergrad. I had amazing professors. I loved my classes. I thought it was so fascinating. But what they don't tell you about psychology, and there's a couple other majors I think that fall into this category, is that it's essentially a useless degree. <laughs> it's so you true. You are unprepared and unqualified for any job but also qualified for all the jobs like you have a bachelor's in psychology so people are like oh you went to college you have a college degree that's great um what's it in oh and that's it like <laughs> nobody knows what to do with that yeah, because like there's it, it's not like you know uh, a degree i have uh, one of my best friends got his degree in accounting and it's like oh you you know, get your degree in accounting. You become an accountant. You are, you know, when you do that, you qualify to sit for the accounting exams. I, I couldn't tell you what they're called. Um, the CPA mm -hmm. exams. And I, I, I heard way too much about accounting when I was in college because of my friends. But... Um, well, and I'm the same with nursing. My friends right. are nursing even, teachers, well, and they, like, even, Yes, nursing and teaching, like, you get a bachelor's degree in education or in nursing or in accounting. They qualify you to then sit for an exam that gets you a license for something, mm -hmm. right? Right. A bachelor's degree in psychology prepares you for nothing. It qualifies you for nothing. You can't do anything with it other than say, I have a college degree. Yes. And people so look at it. frustrating. And so I got to my senior year of college and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to graduate. I have this awesome degree in this really interesting subject. And then you start looking at jobs and you're like, great, I can't, I, I don't, I, what do I do? And so I, I knew I already kind of had this idea of like, I want to go to graduate school. Um, I, in my mind, I, I knew I wanted to do um, a like PhD program in psychology. I really like the idea of working as a um, you know clinician, right? Working on the clinical side of things, and um, so I was looking at a lot of those programs, and I applied to a couple, couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out, and then my senior year of college, I um, like partway through, I got into. Um, sports psychology and I got super into that I had I was working with um, a lady at my college 
who um, was awesome and her degree was really in sports psychology and so she kind of talked to me about that and I thought oh man this is what I want to do so I applied for a program in sports psychology that was still up in Illinois I went to college um, just outside of Chicago and I thought okay I'm gonna stay up here I'm gonna go to grad school it's gonna be awesome well I the summer after I graduated and I thought I had this whole thing mapped out the summer after I graduated I um, was, I got convinced basically to go to Israel um, by a couple professors at my school. They were like, Kendall, this isn't even an option. You're going on this trip with us. Like, let's just take, like, let's take a moment right there. He just said he was going to Israel. Like, that's not something like people do. <clears throat> well, okay. So it was like this <laughs> whole program. It was an organization that was taking college students and whatever. Um, so, and I actually ended up going with, um, like three of my best friends and it was an amazing trip, but like while I was on this trip, I started hearing from this, um, graduate program that I was like enrolled in and I was like, Hey, like I'm trying to work towards this, um, certification and yada, yada, yada. And they were like, Oh, well, our program doesn't actually prepare you for any of that. And I was like, great. So Never then mind. I, while I was in Israel, I think I was like in a hotel somewhere like on the Sea of Galilee when I made this decision and I was like, I'm not going to this program. Like, it's not going to work. It's not going to actually get me where I want to be in life. And so I withdrew basically the week after I got home. And so then I was home where I never wanted, I didn't want to come and move back in with my parents. I was like, this is the exact opposite of where I wanted to be. And I didn't have a job. I wasn't going anywhere. So I had to figure out what I wanted to do. And so I worked for a year in a school and was like, okay, I really like this. Um, but I still want to go and pursue my degree in psychology um, and go pursue like doctoral level education. And so I applied to a number of programs again <clears throat> and um, applied, got um, interviews at a couple um, got accepted to a couple and I had like one that I really wanted to go to, but it was going to be a stupid amount of money. So I was like, absolutely not, not, I'm not going even more in debt than I already am. And the other one was in a location that I really wasn't feeling. I was like, I don't really want to move there. There's nothing going on in that city. It's just not where I want to be. And so, and they're also, their program is also going to be expensive. So... I ended up not going to those. I then applied to another program that was going to be fully online. Um, that was a sport and performance psychology program. Um, they had a master's program and they actually had a doctoral program that I could have like moved into after I got the master's degree and interviewed, got accepted into that, got in, literally enrolled into that program. And then so that's two programs. So now. this is now enrolled in. a two. I I was enrolled in two programs but at different times. Yes, and so during this like gap year between when I started, when I finished undergrad, when I started grad school, I was like, you know, I want to go do something. Like I'm here, I'm home, I'm not in grad school yet. Like I want to go do something, figure it out, whatever. So I was actually looking at um, moving abroad, like working abroad for a year or two. And was like in the process of figuring that stuff out. Um, I absolutely loved my experience in Israel and the Middle East and learning about the culture and learning about everything that's going on over there um, and getting exposed to all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, well, I had an amazing time there. Why don't I go back? So I found this a program. Israel 2.0. 2.0. <laughs> so I found a program um, that was an amazing program. Um, uh, uh, like the idea of the program is amazing in execution. It actually wasn't amazing, um, but it got me there. Um, it was very cheap to go. Um, it was a, like a program and the one that I was in, like emphasized diversity and equity and inclusion. And so I was like super into it. It was amazing. I was in like one of the most diverse cities in Israel. It's the largest integrated city in Israel for Jews and Arabs. It was awesome. And I was with an amazing group um, <clears throat> and had this awesome time. But <laughs> the week before I left, so this is like 
maybe the very end of May or first week of June. I think it's the first week of June at this point. Um, I was like, I don't think this other program is right for me that I was enrolled in, like enrolled. So I withdrew from that program and my mom or my sister was like, Hey, what about this program? And it's the one that my sister had gone to. I was like, no, I don't want to, you know, I already got compared to her cause we had the same degree in undergrad and I was like, I don't want to be like her. Um, but then I was like, all right, well I'll just reach out. So it seems like Israel's got some real clarity for you. <sighs> Look, it does things to you. Um, <laughs> So I, on a whim, emailed Rosalie, okay. the same gem of a human. Oh, insert Halo, oh my God sent music here. <laughs> like, so I, on a whim, email her. And I'm like, hey, this is who I am. My sister went to your school. I know you guys are probably full. I know it's probably too late. But I'm kind of interested in your program. Um, I'm interested in, like, you know, these two different tracks. Like, you know, let me know if you guys have any space. I totally get it if you don't because it's, like beginning of June and the deadline passed two months ago. Um, and she responded like pretty quick and was like, Oh my gosh, we actually had like two people withdraw in the last week. So we do have space available. Um, can you go online and fill out an application and get these things all turned in, whatever. So like within a week I had to get my application submitted. I had to write these essays or something. I had to get these letters of recommendation from people, it's all still in do all the things. No, I haven't even left yet. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> so I'm, I'm, yeah. no, I'm home. Oh, gotcha. Because I left for Israel. I have left uh, for Israel. Okay, so okay. this is the week before I left. Gotcha. Um, and so I, I get all this stuff in, but I submit it like the day before I leave. And I had told her like, I'm actually going to be out of the country. Um, so I don't know how this is going to work. And she was like, well, we'll figure it out. So I leave. I'm in Israel. I don't hear from them for like two weeks. I'm like, oh, like I didn't get in. They don't even want to talk to me, whatever. And finally she reaches out. She's like, hey, um, you've basically been accepted, but we need to actually officially interview you for it. And I was like, I'm out of the country. <laughs> uh, I don't know how that's going to work because I'm on the opposite side of the globe. So she's like, well, how about we try and schedule an interview? Like when works for you, whatever. So she gave me like a time. She's like, does this time work for you? And I had to do, it was like a 14 hour time difference or like time zone difference, whatever. And I was like, I mean, I guess. So I had to figure it out. My interview ended up being, I'm trying to even remember my time. It was like eight o'clock in the morning. I think I interviewed or something crazy. Like, I don't even know. Did but you wear pants? I did have pants on. Oh, I yeah. tried to dress, <laughs> but the thing is, I didn't bring any like nice clothes. Oh right, right. Because I was, I was working at like a, uh, not a daycare, like a community center. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the only community centers in the city I was in that um, allowed both Jewish and Arab kids to attend, which was also awesome, and like I loved it, um, but. Um, it, I, I like had to tell my boss there, I was like, Hey, I have this interview. Like I can't come in this day. Um, and so I was like in my little apartment in Israel in like the nicest clothes I had, which weren't super nice. And I interviewed, I had like back to back interviews. Um, and <clears throat> it was the most bizarre experience. We had the worst Wi-Fi in this building and I told them at the beginning like hey just so you guys know like I get terrible Wi-Fi so I might lose you and my Wi-Fi wasn't working really up until the point the interview started then it suddenly started working and my Wi-Fi lasted the exact length of the interview because as soon as I logged off I started getting messages on my phone from other people in like my group that were there, they were like, Hey guys, the Wi-Fi just went out. Does anybody know what happened or whatever? And I was like, no, that's weird. Like, I don't know what happened, (laughs) but like I was able to do my interview. I got accepted and it was like, I got back. I also had accepted a coaching position at the school, um, that our program is through. And so I was a, like, a, a volleyball coach, um, assistant volleyball coach, as well as a graduate student there. So it was just like this crazy, like the craziest, like 
situation and I don't even know how like it all started with me reaching out on a whim knowing full well that there was a 99% chance that they were gonna be like we have no space you can apply next year yeah I think in both of our stories really you see that like it was like take a chance like yeah because you never know what's gonna happen right right I think that's just like the whole or I mean that's like really just anything like post-grad I feel like like post-undergrad or yes after high school like anything you do is just you kind of have to take the chance and just kind of see where it goes especially when you're like us when you're like still trying to figure out like I love psychology I love this but like what does that look like for me 20 years from now 10 years from now five years from now and figuring that out is hard (laughs) well and I think we both were at a point at the time and I think this has changed slightly not significantly at all at least for me but like neither one of us wanted to go and pursue like a research degree, like, because that's not primarily what we wanted to do. Um, now, like I'm interested in research and I think it's interesting to read research articles and we've talked about like possible research projects we might do in the future. Right. But like, that's, we didn't want to go cause I looked at a number of programs in psychology and on the programs it literally will tell you like, don't apply to this program if you want to actually be a clinician because we don't prepare you for that. And that's, like, the hard thing about this field, too, is it's so difficult. There's so many, like, small little positions and little degrees, or, like, not little, but, like, just, like, very, like... It can get very niche Yes, and if you if you really don't... You could start a program and be in there for a year and not realize that you're not going to get Where you the license be. or the degree or the whatever that right. you're looking for. Yeah, it's it's tough, and that's why I think... Like, I did a ton of that legwork up front, and it still didn't help me that much in the end because I wound up being enrolled in two programs at two different times that really wouldn't have landed me where I wanted to be. And so I think, like, for me, it was really, like, you learn as you go, trial by fire, and, like, you make a mistake, and that's fine. You're allowed to, you know, duck out of a program. Like, there's no shame in being enrolled and being like, this isn't right, this isn't what I wanted, and withdrawing or like there's no shame in that because if at the end of the day you find exactly the place you need to be or you want to be or you feel like is right then that's what was meant to be and it's okay that you didn't find your way there right away right and I think even like like even there's no shame in finding that place for right hand and applying to it and it all working out in the end too And I also, but I also think like something unique about this field is the two things that we are passionate about. Like you love your sports psychology, and like I'm thinking about like sex education and like how Mm -hmm. that, like mental health, that how that influences that. And there's no program for really either of those out there. That's like not like a solid. Well, and it's interesting too because, and what I didn't really go into because it would have taken forever is my interests in psychology is such a broad field and my interests as far as the actual field goes have changed pretty significantly I feel like over the years um and I feel like now I've I've actually wound back up where I felt like I was my sophomore year of college as far as my interests go and so like I still find sports psychology super fascinating and like, there are other things that I kind of got into along the way. Um, but, like, right now where I am, like, I'm back. I'm really interested and passionate about, like, identity and shame and, um, like, the, the personality development and, like, how we understand and figure out and develop who we are, who we think we are, things like that. So, but, like... More of the identity, like... The, like, Same. shame piece and how that plays into yeah. how... Brene Brown has really been speaking to him. Since my sophomore year. <laughs> like, I did my school's version of a TED Talk. I basically did one of those two years in a row, back to back. No. My, one year, and then I skipped a year, and then I did it the year after. And it was all basically, like, me <laughs> copying everything Brene Brown did. But, like... I, I don't know. But, like, that's the kind of stuff that I get really intru- into and interested in. Um, but, like, it's the same thing. There's no shame in, like, winding your way through the field. And, like, you don't have to know what exactly you want to do or what you're interested in. Like, 
even now, and we can like get into this a little bit, but like we're, we are currently in our last year of our master's program and we still, I feel like don't have any clue where we want to wind up in like five or 10 years. Like we have ideas and, and like we both kind of have like, well, this is kind of the way I'm right now thinking my career will take me and this is what I'm interested in. But like, we're still figuring that out and we're going to graduate in less than a year. I think we'll even just, this is such a changing field, like new things, new theories, Mm -hmm. new ideas are coming up all the time. Right. And there could be something a year from now, two years from now, five years from now that we can't even fathom right now being something that we're interested in or that we like or that we're passionate about because it's, it hasn't even been, explained or thought of or you know figured out in some way and I, th- I think that's what makes it exciting though like that's what I yeah. like about this field is that it is different that there is new research there is new things coming up but that the old stuff still has a place yeah and I think that's what like even I remember when we started off in our like full transparency our program has a pretty specific bent when it comes to their theoretical orientation when it like about therapy and counseling and the way you do things and but neither one of us falls into that right. category. But we've also been blessed with some pretty amazing professors, one in particular, who has allowed us to see that bend and, and be comfortable with it, but know that we don't have to be like that. Yeah, like I think I can think of like well, I can think of two, one in particular, but there's another one too. But like it's it's interesting how we've been able to like come to terms with the fact that like, yes, as a program, this is how it it leans as far as like it's theoretical orientation even though most counseling programs typically will claim like we don't have you know a bent one way or the other um, unless they're like weirdly proud of one but like we both fall you know as far as therapy goes I feel like because we both see clients and I think we both fall a little bit more eclectic and we we pull from different theories um, but like going back to like old things still have a place like I think we both draw a little bit from like psychodynamic perspectives and that's not necessarily like in terms of like what that means as far as like interventions we use. Although I'm actually hoping to like start getting into more of like what a psychodynamic intervention even looks like because we haven't talked about it very much. But I think of course like we would be drawn to psychodynamic, right? Yes. Because we, we are... We like psychology. That, we do. That, that's our heart. That's where right. we, that's where we came from. And <clears throat> well, so, and the deep understandings of like what's going on in a person's inner world fascinates us. Yes. And but that just goes to show, like even those those old like Sigmund Freud things that people I think a lot of times are like, oh, those have been like discredited. Those are like whack science or things like that. We're like, there's research coming out now that's saying like, no, there's more to this than we originally thought. There is a lot of truth to a lot of these ideas. And they still find a way to influence and impact even like what we think of as, you know, the more evidence-based, you know, quote unquote evidence-based, um, because there's some question, like we get into like the, like what even gets researched, what gets approved and all that stuff. Um, and plot twist or or whatever, that's not the right word. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Spoiler. Spoiler. (laughs) It's, it's cognitive behavioral therapy is the one that gets plugged a lot and it gets funded a lot and it gets researched because it's, it's easy to prove or disprove a lot of those interventions. And that makes journals look great when they can do that kind of stuff. But all that to say, even in that stuff, you find themes of the psychodynamic, the Freud that kind of impact what you see in those you know what i mean like yeah, those... it's it's the basis for everything that's happened now it's it's i mean it it started somewhere right like mm-hmm. our first thought our first you know process of how counseling was even like thought of in the beginning is it's based on it everything else after that is based on that right even if they try and be like oh we don't have anything to do with that or we disagree entirely with that it's like I mean, he's well, literally still, called the father of psychology for a reason. Right. It's like, even if you completely disagree with him, you're still referencing him as a starting point. You know what I mean? Right. And so, but all that to say, like, we, it, it's been like this process for us in grad school to figure out how we even got to this point. Um, 
And we, I don't think, at least I'll speak for myself, I won't speak for you this time. <laughs> um, but when I started two and a half years ago, which is almost, well, really two, but almost two and a half years ago now, um, I had absolutely no idea that this is where I would be. Oh, yeah. And even like the whole idea of me like getting into um, the psychodynamic perspective or feeling super eclectic in terms of like what I do in the counseling room or whatever. Like I, I even remember when I started the program, I was like, I'm like CBT all the way. That's how I, whatever. And now I look at it, I'm like, but CBT is so restrictive, it feels like, or it just doesn't feel right to me. And that's, if, if you're like super into CBT, that's awesome. And there's some amazing, like we have a professor who, he in reality is more eclectic than I think he is, you know, allowed to be, so to speak, in the program when he, he's kind well, of a spokesperson. Well, I think he's just our voice for CBT, CBT. and so yeah. he stands in that role, but he's not... In, in practice, he's actually more yeah. eclectic, but he even is kind of a big advocate for like, hey, like CBT or cognitive-based therapies kind of get a bad rap because of... I think the program we're in, honestly, but also like there's more to them than you think. And I think there's truth in that. And I think there are some like mindfulness based therapies I find really appealing and like acceptance yeah. and commitment therapy. I find really fascinating. Yes. yes. Um, but like, I don't know. It just goes to show you, like we had no idea or I had no idea at least when I started the program where I would find myself right now. I had no idea that, that I would have gone through what I went through because that's the other thing about especially a counseling program is you go through a lot with your classmates. Um, oh my gosh. That we I feel like for. we could do an entire episode about theories and about just like our personal change and our like yeah. theoretical and like <clears throat> professional change through the last couple of years. I think yeah. I, I really think that would that would probably be impactful for us to kind of digest. to like work but out then also, all the things but then also through. like to share it too. like yeah because you don't have to have it all figured out and i i've talked to people who are like actual professionals therapists in the field and they're like dude i'm still figuring it out right, right. like and you, i think there's no i don't think you ever reach a point where you actually are like no this is exactly oh yeah how i how i land in terms of like all these things unless you talk to like i can think of one professor right now who's like no he knows exactly where he fits yeah and even like even, I mean, just, like, our professors, too, just, they're, they, like I said, like, talk in one mm -hmm. way of, like, okay, like I'm the spokesperson for CBT, I'm the spokesperson for psycho, psychodynamic, but they, and they realize that, but they also are aware that they don't want us to just be in one. Like, I feel like yeah. there's, like, a drive and there's a um, communication, there's a space for us right. not to know and for us to try and figure it out, and I think that's what's so important about finding the right grad program for you and finding like where you fit and like what feels good and like mm -hmm. and I think that goes along with the professors for number one like even if they don't like maybe feel like they agree with like things that you agree with just that they give the space for you to explore that I see that that space is psychodynamic huge giving you yeah, space right, right. <laughs> but I mean I just think that no I get it so important and I think that we've been I mean I'm just grateful for our professors that they've given us that space to mm -hmm. figure that out and that and they've let us know that it's okay that we don't have it figured out yet I just had a whole conversation with one of my supervisors yesterday and it was like this very humbling moment because it was actually right before I had a session with a client and I was like I and I don't think I was referring to this specific client. I think I was talking about something, somebody else, but like, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm at a loss for what intervention to use or for what to do, like moving forward as far as like treatment for this client. Like I'm just kind of stuck. And it was like, like I, I'm the kind of person I'm very quick to like deny anything like if something is 100% my fault, I'm the first person to be like, absolutely not, I didn't do that. Even if like you watched me, like if I knock over a glass and you watch me knock over like, a glass <laughs> and you're like, why did you do that? I'll be like, I didn't do it. Like that's 100% me. And so like for me to reach a point where I was like, I have no clue what I'm doing. She was like, good. Cause you're not supposed to. Yeah. Like you're not supposed to know 
as an intern exactly what you're doing, but I feel like we place this pressure on ourselves. And I think our classmates who are like full time in therapy, because we split time between school counseling and therapy, like they, I'm sure, feel that pressure even more because they do it day in and day out. And obviously, there's therapists in the field who do it day in and day out who feel this pressure to know exactly what they're doing all the time. And I don't think that's true. I don't think that's necessary. I think it's actually counterproductive to well, I what think you want to do. I think that makes you, I, this is going to sound like probably like really big, but like on a larger scale, like that makes you God in a way. That, right. Like, you think you know exactly, know exactly what you're doing. I know exactly what you need. Yes. And that's. And the whole point of therapy is that I don't know what you need, but right. I want to help you find out what you need. Right, exactly. And I, I, and that's what I love about therapy. I love about that's what I love about this job and this career is that I don't have to tell you what to do. I don't know what you need. Right. But I want to stand with you and walk alongside you while you figure it out, so right. that you're not alone in this. Right. And I, it's funny. Like I always tell, and this happens more in in um, school when I'm working with students. But I always tell kids. Um, and I work mostly with kids and, and like teenagers, adolescents, stuff like that. But I always tell kids, I can't fix your problems. I, I don't have a magic wand that I can wave that will solve all your issues. But I really want to help you find answers. And I want you help, to help you find solutions to your problems because that's really where the change is going to come from. And that's really going to be the most meaningful thing for you is if, you know, you're able to work through this and find solutions to your problems and, and find some answers for yourself. And I just want to be there with you and supporting you and helping you along the way. Yeah. And, and I think, well, even, I mean, even if they can't find out, I think that it's just important right. that now we're here together. Now we can just sit here and like, <clears throat> we're not alone. You're not alone in this. Right. And that's something that my supervisor told me yesterday about one of my clients who I'm kind of struggling with. She was like, Kendall, you know, you may not be the client who helps him make the tremendous growth or makes him, you know, find answers to that's going to help him improve and all this stuff. You know, I may not be the person that brings about the tremendous change in his life. She said, but you may be the person who teaches him that he can be safe in a relationship and he can trust people. Yeah. And if that's all you do with him in however long you work with him, then that's enough. And that's exactly what you were meant to do. Yeah. And I think, I think in this program, that's really been a big like mental shift for me especially is like just sitting with someone and just like no like just knowing that you're not alone mm -hmm. like helping them to realize that or to be able to communicate things or to process things mm -hmm. or to explain things in a different way like just those things like and without the worksheets right. without the homework without the like that in its little way mm -hmm. can impact and like be like this huge job yeah, and I, I know there are things, like when I was working with my therapist, I saw him for about a year, I know there are things that I never talked to him about because I I never felt that comfort, and I don't think it had anything to do with him. I think it's I wouldn't let myself feel that comfort, and I wouldn't let myself feel that trust um, in a relationship and to be that vulnerable with another person. But like that is the beauty of therapy that you have somebody in the room, whether you know it or not, that will tell you, hey, you can tell me anything and I want you to know that you're safe and that it's okay and that I won't judge you and that I won't tell you that it's gross or you have to leave or that it's wrong. Like, I'm just going to sit and I'm going to listen to you and you can share anything with me and that's okay. And, in, and yeah, even if we don't solve any problems like if we work together for two years and we never solve a thing but you feel comfortable enough to share who you are with me in a very real and meaningful way then we've made tremendous progress and we've done incredible work and i think that's kind of the beauty and i think that's something that has really been emphasized in our program at least and i hope other counseling programs um and yeah i think that's something that i'm still learning I mean, I feel like we've just, like, totally fangirled over our career right now. Like, I'm... We're just, like, we are, like, gushing right now with, like, signs in the back that are, like, <laughs> go counseling. We're, yes. the, we're the Ethiopian family at my graduation yes. and just screaming, yes, counseling. It's so true. That, like, I think that, like, I, I knew that I liked this and I knew that this was 
kind of where I wanted to be, but like I hadn't had really no idea until like getting into this and really sitting with people and and being in this role that this is where this is it. Like this is freaking awesome. Like people like I get to do this as my job. Like yeah. this is the coolest job ever. Right. We get to be somebody else's person but on a very important and like it's it's a relationship on like it it really is like Like, i have best friends that i would share just about anything with but like there's something different about like a counseling relationship because you know like even your best friends and this is this may be more telling about who i am but like even your best best friends on some level i feel like there's still part of me that's like, but they could leave. They could walk away from this friendship. But your therapist is never going to do that. Right. Well, like, that's just... part of like what you guys talk and like what you talk about as a therapist and client is like, hey, I'm never going to walk away from this. And right. it, unless I think that like there's somebody else who I know who better. is better equipped to be that person for you. I'm always going to be here to support like the next step right and even then yeah you are you are supporting them moving forward and building a more meaningful relationship even if it's with somebody else you're doing because i want to keep you safe because i want to do what's best for you now we're moving on to something else yes well we've just gone on a whole tangent it's a whole look our fangirl this isn't what we started (laughs) thinking we were going to do today but here we are um, I've always talked about it. I feel like we. I think we needed like, to get this off our chest. I think chest. we did. I like. I'm like. I kind of was having like a sad week. I feel like, and just kind of like having a hard time figuring out if this is really what I want to do. And then after we just fangirled about all this, like, I feel in jazz. Like I freaking love what we do. Like, I this is great. I'm really <laughs> glad we were able to do this. Um. Thank you guys for listening. Please, I know to our millions of listeners. Um, we love you all. Thank we you love so you much. so much. Um, <laughs> send in questions. We want to talk about things that you guys want us to talk about. If there's anything you want us to talk about or if you want to know about or anything like that, please let us know. Um, Follow us on Instagram at probably, probably therapy. Please um, spread the word. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Um, And thanks. Thanks, guys.